0: Christian greetings to each one. Glad to be here tonight. Not because I'm having a part, but I always enjoy coming to church. And uh, yeah, uh, I don't know what you're expecting, but uh, I'll do the best I can. (laughs) Uh, Tonight, the topic is on generosity. And it is an important topic. It is an important subject. And I don't believe that there's one person in this room that doesn't want to be a generous person. Um, I believe that everybody wants to be generous, and they want to help people. I believe that. And as Christians, that's a very good goal. We just have to figure out sometimes how the best way is to help people. Um, In the Bible, we have a number of accounts that tell us of people who were generous. Noah built the ark, and he was a very generous person. Look, he preached for 120 years to these people, trying to convince them that a flood was coming. Was that generous? I would sure say so. I think I would give up after 10 years if they didn't listen to me. Maybe before that. However, he did it for 120 years. Um, Abraham was a generous person. When he went out in the plain with Lot, he gave Lot the choice where he wanted to place his flocks. And Lot chose the Choicest grounds to his harm, I shall say, and Abraham contentedly took the other place. He could; he had it within his power to decide where he would go at that time, because God had given it to him. But he chose to let he let he let Lot choose, and he was unselfish. And there's a number of things that came up in this study. Um, we as humans, whether we think we are or not, uh, we tend to be selfish and we don't want to be. And it's because we, we have trouble viewing ourselves as we are. And so that's why we have topics like this to help get our focus back. And as I say, nobody wants to be, have that label put on them. I don't believe that. Um, I don't think that anybody would have the right to go up and tell somebody that they're a selfish person. Um, That would have to be a pretty uh, dire situation. Uh, We are not called upon to judge others or to condemn others. Um, And so there's some things we're going to talk about quickly here that may not be as comfortable to talk about. I'm talking about money, (laughs) Uh, Somebody told me, my neighbor was a highway patrol in North Carolina when I lived there. He was a retired lieutenant on the North Carolina highway patrol. And uh, he told me one day, we were talking about his career, and he was retired. And him and I became very close because we were neighbors, and I'd helped build his house. And um, he said, look, Marcus, I was just a young married person. He said, I want to tell you something for your good. Now, he was a true friend. And uh, he said, don't never mess with a man's money or his family, or his dog, or his politics. He said, stay away from them subjects, he said. He said, you uh, don't have a right to go cast your opinion on, that, those, on those details. And I thought that was really good advice, and I often think about it. Um, but anyhow, we can keep ourselves out of a lot of trouble. But some things in life we do have to think about, we do have to share sometimes, and it may be a little bit uncomfortable. But anyhow, we want to make this a, a study that's beneficial to each one. And it's been very beneficial to me uh, to have this study. And I'll just share quickly uh, on some things. Um, we all, everything we have is God's, okay? I know we all believe that. And so because of that, we become stewards of what he has given to us, um, because we're stewards, we want to be a faithful steward of God's things that he has given to us to use and enjoy and share with others. Um, so part of those things that we have are we have money, we have, which we have to have to live off of. We have food, which we have to have to eat and survive. We have places to live, our houses, um, We have other things, cars and trucks and equipment that we need to do our work and tools. And these are all things that we can share with others to make their life a little more enjoyable as we have the opportunity. Um, With that, as we take in money to ourselves, the Bible instructs us to tithe out of that and That is strictly a thing between God and man that we have to be faithful in. Uh, Nobody, that is a a private thing. It's something that's done in secret. And um, I'll just give you a story here real quick. Uh, I went to a church one time, and they were having revival meetings. And they took up an offering. (laughs) And uh, it got to be pretty humorous. the evangelist got up and said, okay, now, we're going to take up the offering. And people would parade up to the front and drop. Back then, it was 20 and $50 bills, okay? And then he would pick it up and snap it. Now, see, Brother So-and-so, he gave us a $20 bill here. Who can match it? It was like a competition. And uh, the whole service was like that. It was very interesting. Um, anyhow, uh, that's not what God expects of us in tithes. Um, he expects us to do it secretly and be accountable. We're going to give an account to God someday for how we handle, how we st- are stewards of His, of his assets. Um, also, with that, God loves a cheerful giver. And that is found in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. We're not going to look all these references up, but um, God loves a cheerful giver. Um, he does not like somebody who is giving grudgingly and um, and we should give as we've been given Um, and then um, tithing, it teaches about tithing Um, the most Okay, uh, somebody has said it's the most unbelieved attribute practiced. <laughs> and uh, so that is, I'm sure, a national analysis. And I did look up some statistics and I did print off some some uh, statistics that I want to share with you. I'll pass these out after a while and I don't want to distract you with that right now. But... Um, Anyhow, I'll share that with you later. Um, But it's alarming at what, if you study the statistics on tithing, um, what is happening in the evangelical churches, um, they are not tithing as they should. And many churches are struggling financially because of it. And I don't believe that's the case here. But we still need to be aware of it because if we're not aware of a problem, we can't do anything about it. And uh, I think the structure we have here in conference is very good. There's reports given and needs man, uh, made known that we can contribute to. And um, along that line, with that, something interesting came up. Um, they said, you know, we all know that some, some, some things about tithing, and this all is tithing with generosity, is that we need to have a consistent way and a systematic way of tithing out of our out of our income. Um, By doing that, we'll be doing our responsibility along that line. Um, They've also found some interesting things about tithing, is that there is a number of churches um, who have gone to online tithing. The members can go online to that church website, and they can make a donation to the church, and it works very well. I thought that was interesting. Um, and then uh, they said they're 30 t- 32% more likely to tithe properly that way than if they don't do it that way. Anyway, I'm just sharing that with you. It's interesting. I like statistics. I like to look at things and see how things work, um, something new. And maybe some of you have heard about that. Um, also with that, uh, most tithing is done out of church between the hours of 9.30 p.m. and 6.30 a.m. I thought that was interesting. I don't know why people want to do it at that time, but anyhow, that's fine. I think sometimes it said that they would wake up during the night and, and they feel this need to tithe for a certain need, and they go do it. And that's <laughs> Anyhow, so I thought that was interesting. And uh, so that's something to put in the back of our mind. It doesn't matter when we give. Anytime, God will take it. He's happy for it. <clears throat> okay, uh, there's reasons reason why people don't tithe. We want to talk about some of them. Um, sometimes people don't know how they should tithe. Um, sometimes they... Um, they fear the future, that they need to accumulate for themselves and take care of themselves. And it's only a fear. If we're gods, God's going to take care of us. And being generous with others is worth a lot to us. It does more for us than it does for those who receive. Um, however, we need to put our trust and faith in God. Trust is a big thing here. And God will provide for our needs and he's done so much for us already. Why would we shortchange him on that? And so I'm just throwing out these thoughts as they came up. And uh, as I say, I don't know what everybody does here, and I don't really, it's none of my business. I'm not going to pry into your, your business, neither am I going to tell you mine. But I don't, <laughs> I'm not, I don't feel guilty about how I tithe. I'll put it that way. And uh, so if you feel guilty about how you tithe, well, you know what to do about it. <laughs> okay, um, we should use wisdom in, gener- in our generosity. Uh, you know, we're, walking, we're in town, and um, somebody will approach us who is a tramp, and they want money. What do we do? You know, we have to use wisdom here. You're pretty sure that if you give them money, they're going to just go down the street and buy drugs or buy alcohol or whatever. But you decide what is best at the time. And, you know, maybe you can go buy them some food or um, buy them a meal or something or take them to the grocery store and take them shopping. Those are things that are okay. You just have to use wisdom. Um, if you're pretty sure the money is not going to be used wisely, it's only wise on our part to take things in hand. We have a good mind. God has given us reasoning, and he expects us to put stewardship in place. It doesn't mean that we won't help somebody, but there are people out there that you can help and help and help, and they'll still need help within five minutes after you help them. So we have to use wisdom in it. Um, James 1, verse 5. Ask wisdom from God. And talks about God's goodness. It is unreal the goodness of God and all the blessings that He bestows on us through life. I had a friend years ago. He was retired. He was a he. He had some strokes, and he was a crippled. He couldn't work anymore. And he was like 77 years old. His income was a fixed income. And about once a month in the summertime, he would call me up. Marcus, have you read James 1.27 lately? <laughs> uh, yeah, I have. Uh, I, I need to come see you, Mr. Burrell. Yeah, you do. You know, it talks about visiting the fatherless and the orphans and the widows and so on. Anyhow, we became very close. But he was a very generous person, not only sharing God with others. He, when he was well, he would be in town before he had his last stroke He'd stand out there on the, in the front of the store, and he would talk to people who came up. And everyone knew him in town, and some people tried to steer clear of him because they didn't want to get cornered by him. But he was not bashful about his salvation, and he shared it with others. But he was generous in other ways. I remember one day I was down to visit him, and we, we went up to the county country store there, and there was four or five boys sitting on a fence there. And he walked up to him, and he said, Jake, have you gotten saved yet? No. Well, you need to get saved. And that's how he was. That was Mr. Burrell. And then he would call you sometimes, and he would say, Marcus, I have 50 pounds of shrimp down here for you. What am I going to do with 50 pounds of shrimp? (laughs) Oh, what you were supposed to do was go get it. And Brother Myers, he got 10 pounds. And Brother Good, he got 10 pounds. And Brother Slayball got 5 pounds. And he had it all figured out right to the T." And so he was a very generous person. Um, and he could not really afford it. At that time, I figured up that one time shrimp was high, it was costing him about $700 a box off the boat, 50 pound box. And I don't know, yeah, he, he was very generous. Um, however, he was a good example of generosity. Okay, it, sh- it tells us to tithe out of our first fruits. That was one point I missed here. Okay, um, there were other people in the Bible who were very generous, and one was Joseph, which is one of my favorite Bible characters because Joseph had a lot happen in his life. Um, he was always thinking of others. He was always thinking the best of others, regardless of his situation. He was always thinking that God had him in that place for a special reason. And we know what happened in Joseph's life. It wasn't always nice. Um, and how he blessed many, many people because of it. He was a very generous person. Okay, okay, um, One thing that has happened in churches today is that a lot of churches, especially television evangelists, are taking advantage of the general public. And uh, they pry on widows and people who do not know, or they become deceived into uh, giving them money, and they're living lavish lifestyles. And that is not the kind of giving that we need to be doing because these people are just... Uh, yeah, they're they're not using the funds properly. Um, <clears throat> okay. It also talks about providing for spiritual leaders, which we do hear some, and I think that's really good. And I understand why we don't have messages more on this topic. It would look a little self-serving if they came up on Sunday morning and said, "We're going to have a topic on, you know, supported ministry," and. uh <laughs> You know, I can understand that. So, you know, uh, I'm not scared to talk about money. I want you to know that. <laughs> uh, because you have to have money to survive. You have to have, and I deal with it every day with customers. And people are futile with their money, which I admire. Sometimes they're a little bit too futile, I think. But uh, anyhow, uh, you have to be not bold, but you have to be kind, and you have to be straightforward, or you'll go broke being in business. I mean, James knows that. And uh, so you can't be bashful about some of these things because if we're going to operate that way, we won't have anything to tithe with. We won't have anything to be generous with. And uh, that goes into another area of our lives. Are we generous with the people we work with? Do we look out for them and make their life as easy as we can as we work with them? Um, this thing of generosity, and I'm talking about liberally being generous, uh, just goes a long way it goes in every area of our life and uh, so but we have to make it a habit we have to make it part of us to to be that way to to be to reach out to others in a generous way um, then the other part we have here is assisting the brethren. maybe somebody's been sick, maybe they've been out of work maybe for two or three weeks through sickness and you know do we go contribute to that need you know and we can do that through the church so there's a lot of ways we can contribute okay um we've talked about doing it cheerfully we want to move on um Don't get scared. I have a lot of pages here, but we're not going to use them all. I just wanted to make sure I had plenty of notes and everything, so uh, we didn't run out of material. Um, we talked a little bit about fear, and one of our, pre- our presidents said the only thing to fear is fear is the word, I mean, somebody help me out. Fear itself. Thank you. Um, you know, the devil wants us to fear. He wants us to fear many things. But if we're God's children, he made us, and he knows he made us, he understands us, and we do not need to fear. Um, not that we go around arrogantly, God's going to look out for me, I don't care what I do. It's not that kind of thing. But he made us, and he's going to, tempt, he's going to, he's going to see to our needs. And sometimes things may come up a little bit short, and things don't work out quite like we think they will, uh, or like they should, or like we had planned God's going to take care of you. Um, We don't need to fear those times. Um, I had a man tell me one time that he has had more things happen to him. He's made less money. He's had more things happen to him. And he's had a harder life and he works harder than anybody else and gets paid less. It sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? Anyhow, I was just very young when he said this. And I believed him. I didn't have any other reason not to believe him. But one day I did get a job when I was 14 years old. And I learned very quickly that other people had things to deal with too. Uh, the very first job I ever had was with a man by the name of Joe Overholt. And I helped him build houses. I was his gopher. I went here and there and did what he asked me to do. And um, he was a good guy to work for. But Joe had a lot of things to deal with in his life. He lost two brothers within six months of each other. Um, And that was big, you know, sudden death. And uh, he had other things going on in his life that were hard. And uh, I soon found out, and as I watched other people, that the man who told me that, I believe he told me in all sincerity. And um, as I connected with other people, I soon learned that this guy was thinking wrong, which we all do sometimes. I'm not criticizing him or condemning him. But one day when I was a little older, I did talk to him about it. And he said, you know, he said, you're right. Others have it hard, too. (laughs) You know, he was reflecting. And at that time, he was going through some hard things. And uh, that's understandable. Sometimes we're in a hard time or in a crisis in our life. It's hard for us to think straight. It's hard for us to make good decisions And we can reach out to others. There's people there. I believe this congregation is very generous. I want you to know that um, from what I've seen. Uh, But we can reach out to friends and get their advice. Um, Okay. We talked about trust. We talked about fear. And... um, in Philippians four nineteen, it says, "God will supply all your need," and uh, we don't want to just take one little verse and build off of it. We, I know, we believe that. Um, in First Timothy verse six seventeen, in chapter six verse seventeen, it tells us, "Trust not in uncertain riches, but in the living God." Um, riches can flee very quickly. And uh, it reminds me of something that happened years ago when I was a boy. My father was in the hospital for a short time, and the man in the bed beside him there in Norfolk, had a he owned Norfolk and uh, Insiding Company. He was a very wealthy person, and he was there and he was very ill. He was dying of cancer and Before he left the scenes of this life, his company was bankrupt, his insurance policies had all been spent and he owed a huge hospital bill yet on top of it. And his widow was there talking to my father. I'll never forget it. And they had put their, it seemed like they had put their their trust in uncertain riches. And uh, they didn't have a church family to back them up. They, they didn't have a, they just had that. <clears throat> and that was all. So we don't want to put we don't want to get misled. <clears throat> Do we believe that we can trust God with everything? Do we really believe that? You know, I have to ask myself this question Do I really believe that? Um, We say yes right away. We say yes, we can. We're going to trust Him with our future, we're going to trust Him for the present. We're going to trust him in a crisis. Um, Sudden death, like we've seen this week in the Amish community, you know, that family, I'm sure, is asking, you know, how are things going to work out? How's this widow and this baby going to be provided for? You know, I'm sure these questions go through their mind. And they're good questions to ask. But we know that they can trust God and that he will take care of them. It don't mean that others shouldn't step in and help and the reason things are not perfect is because we live in a broken world and it will always be like this till the end of time Um, the world will not be perfect I don't care how good we plan that's why things happen and when we understand that part that the world will never be perfect we live in a broken world things are going to happen Um, but God is there with us Christ was here on this earth. It wasn't perfect for him either. At least nobody's ever threatened to crucify you, like we heard this morning. And so, you know, I think we have life pretty good, really. And especially in this country, we have a lot of blessings we wouldn't have if we lived in other countries. Um, Gene and I were in Romania in 2016, and we were there for two months. And some of the stories that the older population had there were really sad how their family members were taken and killed. And they lived in fear. And that even today, it's hard for people my age there to relax and enjoy life because they think any time the government might come in and take them. It's a pretty uncomfortable feeling. But the younger generation like these boys here and like you girls and a little bit older, young people, they don't know anything about that. They're fine. But. The older population still has that memory and it's hard for them to shake it. In uh, 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, I often think about this verse when I want to fear. <laughs> I think we all have that problem sometimes of fearing certain things. But God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. And of love. And of a sound mind. God's given us. We have. The same power that Jesus had. When he was there at the cross. We have that same power. Available to us today. Um, We have. That power to overcome anything. Or any obstacle that may come into our lives. Okay, um, I had some references here I was going to give out. What time is it, Mark? It's to Pardon? It's a few minutes to wait. Okay. All right. I'll just hit a few of these here real quick, and then we'll close down. Um, in Acts 20, verse 35, In all things I have shown you that by working hard... In this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. In Luke 6:38, 38, Give and it shall be given to you. God measures, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Proverbs 12, 11, Verse 21, one gives freely, yet grows grows all the riches. Another withholds what he should give and only offers want, suffers want. Whoever brings bless, blessings will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. So what he's saying here is that generous people, it comes back to you. Um, that reminds me of a story, I want to mention this, that we don't give because of what we can get back out of it, okay? A man went to um, uh, uh, one of these uh, town revival meetings one one night, and the minister there said, if you put $2 in the offering plate, this is way back in the 50s, he said, you'll get $4 back. So this guy said, he's going to try it. So he put $2 in the offering plate. Sure enough, the next morning he jumped out of his milk truck and there was $4 laying on the sidewalk. He didn't tell me that he went and invested in it again. But yeah, it worked out for him anyhow. I guess he didn't trust the guy after that. But yeah, he just did it. to He was going to prove the guy wrong. So we don't give because what we might get back out of it. In Proverbs 19, it tells us, Whoever is generous to the poor... Lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deeds. Okay? Um, in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, the point of this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whosoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. In Matthew 10, verse 42. Page back here. Sorry about that. And whosoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Um, There's other people in the Bible I can think of who were generous. Uh, We want to talk about that a little bit. Um, David was another generous person, King David. And... uh, he was a man of war. He was a man um, who gave himself and put himself in danger many times for his people. And one day, we, we know this story well about Goliath. You know, how many people would go out and do what he did? And it's almost amusing to me that later on, when Absalom was chasing him, here was a man who killed a giant. Here was a man who slew a lion with his slingshot. And he was running for this from his son. Doesn't make very much sense, does it? But it was part of David's punishment because he had failed God in one detail, and that was with Bathsheba. But anyhow, God was with him; God undertook for his needs. Um, The other person that was that was things didn't go well for sometimes was Jeremiah. You know, they lowered him into a pit, and Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. Did he give up his God? No, he did not. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace, they gave themselves a sacrifice that day. But how did it turn out? We know. It spoke to many, many people who God was. So they were very generous in that. Yeah, well, I don't want to keep you here. Thank you for your input. And God bless you. And hopefully we can all benefit by the topic of liberally generosity and never forget what God has done for us and that even if we could give everything we have, still would not would repay our debt that he, that he um, sacrificed for our salvation and, yeah, for heaven. God bless you.